we're going to talk today about um, being having the heart of fathers and mothers. So we're talking about family and stuff like that. And we have a lot with kids, but you know, if we don't have good moms and dads in our lives, or and I'm not talking about just your biological parents. I'm talking about spiritual moms and dads. We need that. Like our spirit needs that. Um, so I'm going to talk about that today. But I just really would like to just take a moment and just open. Um, with prayer over this today and just have our hearts ready to receive. You guys want to do that with me today? Good. Awesome. So, Lord, we just thank you. Um, always opening up with thank you. You're just so good. You are uh, the most amazing Father. Um, we have a good model. We have the best model, Lord. We just thank you that... Um, that you always want good for us, Lord. And so as we just release wisdom and in and, and the word and, and revelation that you've taught us, Lord, that that it just begins to just soak in and begin to transform our lives into the new creation that you created us to be. We just thank you in Jesus' name. All right. So everybody in here, I, don't know if, I mean, this might be a shock to you guys, but do you guys know that you all have a natural mother and father? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Mercy, I'm going to make you sit in the front because you know what? She's actually, re- she, you're helping me today. Thank you. She's being very responsive. I like that. I like that. I need to, I need the encouragement that I'm doing a good job. I'm just joking. Thank you. See? See, I gave up my front row seat for you guys. Lana always comes to me. She's like, you know, Mom, we're kind of filling up the front row and you have to speak. So could you just stand to the side until you're ready to go up? It'll be fine. She's so good. No, like, it's just so good. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter, you know. But I just love that there is actually people that are like, I want to I wanna be I wanna be in the middle of that. So I just love that, that my kids are like, can you just go over here? and We'll let you know when you're important again. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, she's so good. She, she's like, I'll give up my seat, and I'm like, no, it's fine. So I'm just teasing a little bit. But so we have we have all this. We have natural moms and dads, um, but we also have spiritual mom and dads. People that teach us, train us up in the things that we should be doing in the kingdom. Um, that help us grow. That love us um, as we learn to um, live kingdom lifestyle. Those are spiritual moms and dads, and they sow into us. Some of us have spiritual moms and dads that are younger than us or older than us. The great thing about having spiritual moms and dads is the age doesn't have a difference. Sometimes my kids have, you know, they've schooled me. <laughs> They're like, let me tell you. Um, you know, and so we have those in our lives um, to teach us the Word of God, to teach us all those things. And, and for some of us, we've got both. You know, we have great moms and dads in the natural. We have great moms and dads that have, you know, come into our lives, different seasons. Um, and like I said, if you're, if it's a spiritual mom and dad, they can be at any age. It doesn't matter if they're older or younger than you. Um, we're just really called to steward our relationships well. So whether we're in the stage um, of raising kids, which a lot of people in here are in that part right now where you guys are raising children. We pray for you a lot because we know. See, that's why the great the people that are more mature here, they know. They know. They're praying for you. I guarantee you, they're like, I'm praying for you. When they see you come in with that baby on the hip and the baby's throwing stuff and crying, they're not thinking, oh, that baby's loud. They're thinking, oh, Lord, they need extra prayer. I know. I remember those times. Right? No one's looking at you thinking, oh, you must be a terrible mom. Your kid's crying. You know what I think? I think, oh, thank you, Lord, that I'm past that. Please put all the extra prayer to them. They need it. You know what I mean? 
Like when you see them in the store, I never feel, oh, that's annoying. I feel, I feel like, oh, I feel so bad for that parent. <laughs> like they're doing the best they can. You know, I had one of those. Not going to name names, but I have two children. One has dark hair, one has light hair. The dark-haired child, who shall remain nameless. Man, we go in a store. She's like, I'm going to run away from you. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to climb up things, and I'm going to hide in clothes racks and give you a heart attack. Let's see how long you can live. You know what I mean? And people probably think, does this lady know how to handle her kids? She'd also do this great thing where when we're in the store, like in the city or something, she would stand behind me. And then I would look for her. And she would go like this. And I would be calling her name. And soon, my other daughter would come and say, do you know that she's just walking behind you so until you, like, freak out? And I'm screaming through the store. So I just look like this crazy lady with this child behind me screaming. Like, that panic you get when you can't find your child. Actually, this happened, what, like two days ago? I'm like, where's Lana? <laughs> she's doing that to me. And I'm like... Quit doing that to me. Say, I'm right here, Mom. (laughs) uh, Being a mom. So whether you're in that stage of raising your kids or maybe you're mentoring, maybe, you know, you have people in your life that you're just sharing kingdom things with, um, or maybe, you know, you are just living an example for those around you. There's a lot of different, we are all in different parts of our life. We might not be physically raising kids, but we might still have to be a parent. Does that make sense? You don't ever get to not be a parent, Elma. When you come into the kingdom, we're kingdom family, so you're going to parent somebody at some point about something. Um, so I love what it says in Malachi. It said, um, in Malachi 4, it says, uh, but also look ahead. I'm sending Elijah, the prophet, to clear the way for the big day of God. I love that, the big day of God. The decisive judgment day. He will convince parents to look after their children and children to look up to their parents. If you're a parent, you want your kids to look up to you, right? You don't want your kids to be like, oh, I can't stand this person. Put it back in the lottery. Hope I get something better. No, we want our kids to be like, you know, to do the things that we do, the good things. We want them to be able to choose all the good things we do, right? We want to look up. We want to, do, we want to be honorable so that our kids want to, right? Um, we've all been in the struggle where... Um, we're like hoping that our kids didn't watch us do that. Like, please close your eyes for a minute. You know, those type of things. Um, we want our kids to look up to us. We want parents to want to look after their children, to want to be with their children, to want them to grow and mature and, and learn and, and be independent of them. And, and we want our kids to say, wow, I just love, you know, I just love my mom. I just love my dad. I just love these people that have taken the time to sow into me. That's what God is saying. He is doing that. So that's a promise you can stand on. So if you're like, I don't know if I'm really there yet, that's great. Because you know what? That means you can still get there because God promised it for you. So you can start saying, that's my promise. Maybe I've raised my kids and it didn't work out so well. God's like, I can bring that back around. We can, we, this will still make that your kids' hearts can still come back to you. It's a promise God has, and if we understand that, then we can go to God and say, you told me that this is the promise, and I'm going to have an expectation. Now, if you do that, remember, God also has an expectation of you. You can't just sit there like, come here, children, come on, come back to me. I've changed nothing, but come on. No, God's going to say, and what are you going to do to get that promise? You want kingdom kids? I hope you're living kingdom. 
keep going. <laughs> you know, this helps that next generation be all that God assigned them to do. When, when our parents, you know, it becomes generational. It's every generation that, that lives kingdom, it just gets better and better because now you just don't have parents. You have spiritual parents. You have grandparents. You have all these people that are all in this family together working for the good. That's what, right? We want good for our kids. No one wants bad. You know, like it says in God's word, he doesn't give you a snake. None of us would give our kids a snake. I mean, unless your kid really likes pet snakes, but if they do, we'll pray for you because I don't think that's normal. <laughs> I'm not really a snake lover. Um. <laughs> okay. So, and, and we become fathers and mothers in, in areas of our life in different ways when we actually do something. It doesn't just, we know that people have children and it doesn't mean that they're a father or mother, really. I mean, maybe in the physical, but it takes, you, you do something. And so some of, the, some of the things that we do, you know, parents, you know, we bring acceptance. You know, we are available to our children. You know, we bring loving direction and correction, not just direction and correction because we can, but loving direction and correction. We become the dream encouragers. You know, we, parents, when, when our, the littler our kids are, it just seems like we're, we're like, oh my gosh, you got to see what they did. They took a step. Like, you are the most amazing child ever. No one's ever walked before except you. First one ever. You know what I mean? That's how you feel as a parent, right? Don't you guys feel that? Like, you guys, I mean, they didn't have Facebook as much when I, my kids were little because y'all would probably unfriend me because I'd be like, you got to watch this video. You got to see these pictures. Like even now I'm like, oh, there's a thousand pictures. How many should I put? 999? Okay. okay. You know, I mean, because it's just, you love it. You want to encourage them. Oh, they're doing this. They're doing that. Like you want to encourage their dreams. You love them unconditionally. And it's your job to distribute hope. When things are not going good, it's your job to say, hey, you know, we live, we live under God's authority we're going to get through this. You get to distribute hope in your family. You know, you get to make room for the next generation to succeed. You get to set that platform. You know, a lot of people will say, well, um, you know, we've worked jobs and we said, oh, we can't go any further here. There's that glass ceiling, right? You know, like, this is as far as I can go. I can't excel. But with your children, you should be underneath them, pushing them up, right? You want them to go further than you could ever go. That's that goal that we have. We want that next generation to go even further than we did in, in their knowledge and their calls and their giftings, you know, that God created for them. You know, we want, we want to teach them relational skills. It's kind of a big deal. God made us to be relational, and sometimes we forget. You know, it's our job to teach kids how to be relational. When someone says hi to you, you say hi back. When my kids were little, someone would come in the house, and they'd just keep going. I was like, say hi. Oh, hi. Yes, that's what we do. We teach them, like, you, you do that. Someone puts their hand out. You don't go, psych. You know, <laughs> no, you shake their hand, right? Um, we teach our kids how to be relational. I mean, it's, it's just, those are the things that God put in there. You know, also, it's, it's our job as fathers and mothers to nurture them with the gospel. We live it, we speak it, we talk about it, it's normal. We don't use it to force them to do things. We use that to keep them safe, 
to comfort them, to bring that hope and stuff, right? We never use the gospel to force them to do something. It will never work. We all, we all know ways that maybe that's happened to us, and we, we got really good at finding how to get around it because that doesn't work. You know, we're going to create them to be vulnerable and, and make mistakes and how to work through that and um, show them how to teach honor. And so when you begin to hang out with people who have these attributes, you begin to pick them up. Or if you have these attributes, the great thing is the people that hang around you will begin to pick them up. And so that's why some of us, you know, maybe we came from something really hard and now we're a soft person. (laughs) And you think, how did that happen? Because you began to spend time with kingdom people that had these attributes and you began to pick them up. And sometimes, this is a hard part that I... You know, we've been through for many years. Um, is it talking about spiritual moms and dads? Like, you get saved, and sometimes it feels like, where are they? Why can't I have a spiritual mom and dad to take care of me? Have you, have you guys ever felt that way? Like, I'm kind of out here on my own. Like, you know, God, you said you'd have this. And, and we're crying out. It just seems like, you know, we're left to our own. And so in this, if you're like, thinking, well, quit talking about this because I don't have that. And if God, remember that even if you're in a season where it seems like you don't have spiritual mom and dads or or your moms and dads aren't there or aren't aren't here anymore, that God is the ultimate father. You have to put that in that, that basic foundation that God is the ultimate father. So if you don't have a great mom, you don't have a great dad, you don't have spiritual people sowing into your life or things like that, God is the ultimate father. So he can sustain you. He did create us to have those needs met through the kingdom, through each other. He did that because he made us relational. But sometimes it doesn't always work that way. And so God says, if you have a need, you can still go to him. So if you're in a transition space, it's okay. Because guess what? You can still go to God. You can still get that need met. You can still learn. You can still be taught. You can still, you know, be encouraged. You can still have hope. So if there's an area that you're like, we're lacking right now, we're growing, or, or I, haven't, I haven't been able to plug in yet, you can still go to God, your Father. So everybody has the same opportunity in this room. Every single person, no matter how you were raised, no matter what's going on, there you go. Just take that, take that and say, okay, I'm missing this, but God. So that's the thing I want you to remember. God is your ultimate Father. So even if we're missing out, Even if there's some things that are going on, you can still go to God. He can meet every need. So, but I want to talk about, um, here, about sometimes correction and training. How many of you guys have had to correct your children? How many of you guys have had to be corrected by your children? (laughs) Uh, um, That's good, too. That is how we learn. I'm not talking punishment. We know that doesn't work. That's only from the enemy. Punishment does not come from God. Jesus died on the cross. It's done. It's over. So if we're using punishment, that's not of God. That's of the enemy. That is real truth. That's how the enemy keeps families broken up. That's how he keeps them dysfunctional. Because he takes punishment and says, oh, you need to punish your children. Well, if Jesus said you didn't need to, then why are we doing that? So I'm going to talk about correction and direction, which is godly, that God is talking about how he... Because sometimes we do need a course correction. You know, to your children, if they're running towards the road, you're not, you know, you're going to be like, oh, no, we don't do that. You're going to correct them and put them back on the sidewalk, right? 
because you love them. And that's what God's saying. That's what direction and correction does. It, it does it out of love. So in Hebrews 12, um, starting in 7, it says, Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who has never been corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of being authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. We don't correct other people's children, right? Like a stranger, you don't walk up and be like, you need to do this. People are going to be like, don't you talk to my kid. And it's, and then keep going in verse 9, it says, And isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers, even though they corrected us and disciplined us? Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for a short time as our, our childhood, as it seems good to them. But God correct, uh, corrects us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share in his holiness. Now, all discipline seems to be more painful than pleasure at the time, right? Yet later, it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yielded. I want those. I want righteousness, and I want peace. No one wants to get up at 7 o'clock and go to work, right? But at the end of the week, when you get your paycheck, you really enjoy that right? That's what God's saying. That's, you know, get some real amens over here, non-morning people. Um, But that's what God is doing. And when we look at it that way, it's like, yes, he's just saying, you know what, we have to have a little correction, a little direction, so that we can have the benefits. God doesn't want us just to obey his orders because they're orders. You know, that's why you have kids. When you get annoyed with your kids, they're like, why? But why? But why? I can't, oh, you can't go to your friends. But why? Because, oh, but why? That's what they do, right? Because if, if you don't have an understanding, if you say, oh, because we're actually going to be doing this and we have some chores to do, and you know what, today we're going to be spending as a family. Oh, well, that makes more sense. That doesn't feel like you're trying to control them, right? And so that's what God's saying. He's like, he doesn't expect you just... I said this, just do it. He says, let me, let me tell you what this does and benefits when we do this. He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us, you know, learning to how to think wisely and responsibly. Isn't that a goal we want for our children? Especially if you have children that begin to drive. You really want to hope that they were listening and learning and not being like, I got this. You know, I've driven my bike before. It's the same thing. It's not the same thing. <laughs> not the same th- but do you know what I mean I would hope that they would listen take th- that's what God's saying he's like I just want you to be available to learn and grow you know and we have a big job of that uh, as fathers and mothers in, in any aspect we have that because some of you guys may say we're young we got young people here but they can be fathers and mothers in their life too some I see some of them posting amazing things and they're they're they are raising up other people in their generation and saying Hey, I didn't even think that. I didn't even know about that. I didn't know if that was right or wrong. And they are, they are training people in that spiritual sense. So it's what I'm saying. You don't put an age on. Like the Holy Spirit doesn't have an age. So in that aspect, you don't. And then we have the natural. And, and, and then we have kids who are like, you know, how do, I, 
how do I get how do I go through this so it's all different areas this is a big job and we can't always do what we've always done that's the way my parents did it and how much do you have respect for your parents don't answer that <laughs> if <laughs> some of you can <laughs> but do you know what I mean there, there are times we've had resentment towards our parents right because we can't just do it how we've always done it we can do it how God intended us to do it and we can keep growing in that you're going to make mistakes. That's okay. You know, I hear, this is what I hear. I've worked in a school district for 10 years. I've, I've, worked, I've been in um, very conservative churches. I've been in employment and job. It's like, well, you need to respect your elders. Do you guys know that that's really scary? Just to say that, just to expect your kids to respect because they're older or they're a parent. Do you know why? That's how abuse happens that that is a very dangerous thing to say. Now, hopefully you've raised your kids to respect people and humanity, so then it will come. But when we say respect your elders, it actually, that's how abuse happens. There's no voice against injustice. And, and the more that I hear that working and seeing children that, that have lived that way, they come out of abuse situations because if something bad is happening to them, they can't tell anybody. They can't say anything. They can't say, no, you may not hit me. Right? So we have to be really careful of the things that we've learned to what God said. Because sometimes the things we've learned and we think they're good, they can be. That's, that's great. You should respect your parents if they're respectable. But, you know, you have a right to say we need to be honorable. We can't just use our age or our, our physical authority. We know in the past hundred years that's been a big thing. People have used their age or physical authority to bring control to a situation. Whether it's a parent or, or a pastor or a leader or a boss, we can't just use our physical authority to make people do what we want them to do. That always leaves room for abuse, abuse of power. That's not biblical. Jesus didn't do it. God never intended to it, so we can't either. So sometimes we have to take those old ways of thinking and throw them out. Because when you do, and you begin to train your kids up, and you begin to share spiritual, be good spiritual moms and dads, guess what? Your kids will be respectful. Respectful doesn't mean obeying you all the time. Respectful means making the good choices that God intended for their lives. If I'm being rude to my kids, they have a right to say, I don't like how you're treating me. If someone's hurting you, you have a right to say, I don't think so. That's the difference of those old ways of thinking to the new ways of thinking. And they're not even new ways of thinking. They're just God's ways. So as we become these, the heart of the father, the heart of the mother, we're taking away the things that maybe the world says this is how parents should be, and we're saying, what does God say? What does God say? We need the heart of the father, which is God's heart. He placed it, you know, he placed it in fathers and mothers so that, that we can grow, we can be healthy, we can, have, we can be relational with each other in a healthy way. Whew, that got a little, a little deep on me. It, it, it hits you. That hits you when you think of that because probably sitting here thinking, I had that happen to me or I did that. You know, I think about when my kids were little and I say, 
they would say, but why? And I'd be mad at it, because I said so. And I thought, oh, I just abused my power. Like, you gave me these children to steward, and I just did that. And that may be a little thing, but man, God says, be honorably kind. Live according to the kingdom, and you don't have to worry about saying those type of things or trying to force that. It will just happen. It will become natural. When we live honor, it naturally happens. You know, we'll learn and we grow and we'll bring love to the situation, freedom, encouragement, you know, more than we hand down correction and direction. All of those things should be more, if you're correcting your child or you're correcting people in your life more than you're handing down love and encouragement, you're going to have to reassess your heart what's going on in there. Because that's not what God does. He rarely corrected and directed and he showed love always. That's a huge thing. We, we, I think a lot of it is we just have to pull out the lies that we've been taught. Oh, I just want kids to be seen and not heard. That's a lie. God never said that. Kids should know how to act. Well, can you act accordingly? You get me hungry. We went on vacation this last week. It was awesome and beautiful. But I would tell you, every time, we would be having fun. Like, I love you. I love you. Give mommy. Oh, I'm just so beautiful. Look at that. You know what I mean? And then we get hungry. And it was scary. I was scared of myself, of my children. I was like, stay away. I mean, it just, I was like, I think we're hungry because we are being terrible to each other right now. We have to think about how we act, right? And we know this and we keep doing it. So we tried, the last day we did plan. And it was, we, we never got our, our hangry on. The last day we're like, you know, let's just have some ice cream for breakfast. And then we'll just, that way we won't be hungry and time for lunch. And it was like, the, we didn't have any moments in that day. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, can I get an amen from my family, please? Yeah. Yeah, and the ice cream was so amazing. And I'm thinking about it. I want it. Um <laughs> Um, but that, that's what we want. We want to be like, okay, sometimes, sometimes we don't always get it right, but God has it right. We need to, we need to hand down um, those things more than we hand down correction or direction. And we need to run from punishment. We need to run from punishment. That is the easiest way to break your relationships. It is the easiest way. So if you're like, I'm not a physical mom or dad yet, great. You need to finish, you need to figure out how to get out of that cycle now. Punishment. Jesus paid for it all. We cannot do that in our families. In our spiritual families, in our physical families, we cannot hand out punishment. So if anything you get out of that, remove punishment. Direction and correction are different. If you don't know the difference then you have the Bible, you have good spiritual moms and dads, and you can get that wisdom. God hands it freely for you. You know, and then I look at, like, fathers. We need to be lovers before disciplinarians, right? And moms, we don't need to be like, well, wait till your father gets home. My kids were never scared. They're like, yay, daddy's going to bring me candy. I'll be like, you wait till your dad gets home, you know? The worst thing, I loved it because 
Matt never, like, he never disciplined the kids. He was like, oh, what happened today? You're so beautiful. You want to. I'm like, you know what they did to me today? I'm like, these are your children. And he, you know, he's bringing them stuff. But I loved it because he handed out so much love to our children that the worst thing he did, like, if he, like, this is the funniest thing. My kids, they, they would just, no matter how they acted, they'd come running up to Matt, and he's just loving on them. But if he goes, hey, and he just raises his voice, they would just burst into tears. <laughs> I'm like, your dad, like, I've been yelling at you all morning. Like, <laughs> dad says, hey, because you know what? He handed out so much love that when he had to correct, it was like immediately, like, they knew in their spirit how I'm acting is wrong. I need to change this immediately. There didn't have to be any punishment. There didn't have to. We've never grounded our kids. I don't believe in it. Some of you may, but I don't. Um, and I have great kids, so maybe I'm right. Maybe. I'm joking. No, I'm not. Um, they are great kids. What I'm saying is when you show that love more, then you show the direction correction. Then when you need to correct, you don't, it's not this long, drown, drawn-out thing, you know? And you're not feeling overwhelmed and, and out of control. So, you know, we need to be the lovers of our children, lovers of people that God has placed under us to, to, grow, to grow them. Um, and we need to have all of those courageous conversations about giving freedom. And we need to make, in our spiritual lives, we need to be able to be like, people have freedom to disagree with you. People have freedom. You know, kids, we should give our kids freedom. It's important. Give them freedom while they're still in your house so that you know where they are. And so um, it's kind of like, have you ever seen the sand? Like you hold sand in your hand and you hold a lot, but when you, when you close your hand and you're trying to f- keep it, it what? It falls through. You never can get, and if you drop sand, it's so small that you'll never get all those pieces back. It's like the prodigal son. I'm going to kind of go over that story a little bit if you don't know it. So basically, man had two sons. He raised them up. He raised them kingdom. He, he provided for them. It was, it was awesome. And the one son's like, I'm going to stay here and do everything. It was good. I'm going to serve in this household. I'm going to make all these good cho- choices. The other son's like, you know, I don't really know if you're right, Dad. You know, maybe, maybe I want to go live my life how I want to. You know, and I want you to finance it. Y'all who have kids say amen, right? That's what they say to you. Um, so the dad's like, okay, I got to trust that I did what I was supposed to do. That I brought my kids up kingdom. So he, he gave his son the inheritance. The hun- son went and lived whatever he wanted. Now the dad's heart was broken. He waited all the time. He knew when it says he saw him a far wave off, how would he see that unless he's waiting for days and days and days Months, years probably, watching every day for his son to come back. Doesn't mean there's not pain in that. So, and the son went out, squandered his money, you know, bought a bunch of video games. I don't know. Um, whatever he did, you know, he did. So he, and then he realizes, I got nothing. Why am I living like this when I could go back to my dad? So he goes back and his dad sees him and his dad, he didn't go and say, well, look who's coming back around. He didn't say that. He was like, oh, my son who I love, get him everything. You, you still come right back into your place in the family. 
The son already had conviction. He didn't need punishment on top of that. His own choices punished himself. When he came back in, the son had conviction. And he knew my father's love supersedes anything I could ever do. We can't hold things over our children's heads. Even spiritual, you know, when God called us to lead this church, I was like, oh, no, sorry, I'm breathing through my, that was me, it was me, it was me. Um, and I thought, I've seen abuse. I've seen abuse from parents. I've seen abuse, you know, from bosses and, and church leaders and things like this. We call them pedestal pastors that, you know, they're up here. It's like, uh-uh, a father and a mother are right in there. They're walking through it. That's, that's why I love sharing our life, not just the good highlights, but like, we crazy too. <laughs> right? We want them to know that there's enough love that we're going to welcome them back. That we've put principle king, kingdom principles that we say, every day my goal is to raise or teach or share, you know, kingdom principles with the people that God has put in our lives. And, and I'm experiencing this in, in a way now because... We have a 17-year-old. Some areas she's an adult, like taxes. You know, some areas she's not. She's not 18. You know, and I thought, I got to let her, I got to let her make choices. You know, when she's like, oh, mom, just letting you know I'm not going to be home till midnight, okay? Just so you don't worry. I'm like, okay. You know, and as a mom, you know, you ain't going to bed. Because that, you know, we're, we're standing, we're looking for our children. But we need to let them make the choice, you know. And then when she gets home, she's like, oh, yeah, I took a girl home from work. And, you know, because those type of things that I have to give that trust. But I remember as, as we're going through this and, and things like that, I'm realizing, okay, Lord, like with, with her vehicle, we put everything in her name. It's hers. It owns it. And I said, if you ever want to go, your bank account's in your name. Everything is yours. So if you choose that you don't like how this household is, you have the freedom and we would never hold anything over your heads. That's what the prodigal son's dad did too. He said, we're going to live kingdom and I'm not going to manipulate, I'm not going to force, and I'm not going to hand down punishment here. We're going to live it so that if they choose to go, they can go out and see the chaos. But you know what happens? If if you begin to put, put... the right principles in your home, they will come back. And I hope Layla never leaves. Layla, where are you? Where's she? I don't know where she is, but stay here. <laughs> no, I think she will. Because she wants things. She's like, I'm going to get a dog. I'm like, okay, well, you have the finances for that? Yeah. So she gets a dog. It's your room, you know. Got all that stuff. Yesterday morning, she comes in. She's got the puppy. She's like, Mom, I need to sleep in, so he wants to sleep with Grandma. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right that that my child, you know, she knows that she can wake me up. Two nights, no, three nights ago, she comes in. She's got to talk to me. Do you know what time it is? One o'clock. You know how she talks to you? I'm going to show you. I'm dead asleep. She comes running in my room like this, puts the flashlight on. Mom, are you awake? Mom, mom, mom. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah, and then she's like, why are you mad at me? Why are you mad? Don't be mad. I got to talk to you. Oh, what do you need? And so she's, you know, and of course, you know what happens? Dad gets up, no, don't. And I'm like, just go to bed. I don't care what's happening right now. Just go to bed. Dad's like, she, she needs us. She's my baby. It's my widow baby needs us. I'm like, I don't care, but no one better be coming through that door right now. I don't care what's happening. I said, if your head is not on fire, do not wake me up. Oh. We don't want things to have to hold over our kids. We want them to be able to come to us like that anytime. If you're creating that, that will happen. So I'm thankful. And I only learned that because I had good spiritual moms and dads throughout my life or, or people that have sowed into my life and I have the word of God and I've, I've studied and learned and I've asked for wisdom. That's the only reason. Otherwise, I'd be... Y'all, the tools I had, I had a hammer. That's it. That's all I was born with was a hammer. <laughs> you know, and as you grow, you're like, I think I need some other tools. Use, use a hammer on glass. Doesn't work that well, does it? So I'm going to challenge you guys today. You know, your fathers, your mothers, you know, some of you are physical father moms, some, some, some of you are spiritual moms and dads. Um, but it's time to grow and do better. Even if you're great, I want you to be super great. And if you're super great, I want you to be exceptionally great. Right? So everybody has a place to grow. We want to do better. I want to be better. So we can throw out that old way of thinking because that died with Jesus on the cross. That's our old man. Why should we pick it up and put it into our family life? Exactly. We're like, I'm, you know, that old man's dead. Why are we rubbing it all over our kids? That's nasty. <laughs> Here, do this. Y'all get that picture. <laughs> all I can think of is my brothers used to have dead animals and chasing around with them all the time. I didn't like it. So why would we think our kids would like it when we're like, you know, God has a new way, but you're getting taught like this. And they're running, they're screaming, and we're like, why can't they behave? Because you're running after them with dead, icky things. Leave the old ways dead. Kingdom ways are the only way to live. Because you're, you're alive through Christ. He only lives according to God's will. That's it. He never goes outside of that. And if we have Christ living us, we don't go outside of that. So... I got a couple things. So, the first thing is, is we have to, to be able to start being healthy. Um, people, parents, child, mentors, whatever you are, some of you are all of them. And, if, and, and you probably will be all of them at some point in your life. First thing is, this is a higher one because it's kind of embarrassing. We have to learn to be repentive. We have to learn to go to people and say, I'm sorry. And not just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you got mad. That, no, no, no. I'm talking about be repentant. Like, oh my gosh, I said this. I made this choice. I did this. And I'm just so sorry. That's not what I wanted to accomplish here. I'll let my emotions or whatever it is. We need to be repentive. It might be to God. God, I'm sorry. You put this in my, you put these people in my life you know, maybe some of you guys are youth leaders in here. God put kids in your life, and sometimes you have let things go, and you got to say, oh, so you might have to be repentive to God. We need to learn to be repentive. Throw your pride overboard. Because, you know what? 
And if someone comes up to you and says you're being prideful, you need to say, if they're close to you, you need to say, why would they say that to me? Have good people in your life. If they're saying, you know, throw that overboard. Say, you know, obviously I need to search that. We need to learn how to be repentant. Pride always comes before a fall. That's what God says, not me. So if you don't like it, you can ask, you can talk to him. He knows it all. He knows it all. We need to repent, realize that we have more ways to grow and mature in being good, good kingdom family. So be repentive. That's what I'm asking. Just If you have to repent with the, to the Lord, repent to the Lord. If you have to repent just to yourself, because some of us are really terrible parents to ourselves. We're hard on ourselves. We, we tear ourselves down. Um, if you, and if it's other people, Whatever you need to do, be repentive. And then the next thing that, so there's just two things. Repent. It's easy. You can do it all day long. Some days you have to do it all day long. When it's really hot and I've had no food, I have to repent a lot, all day, to everybody. I remember coming into the school. Me and Layla, she, guys, she's so sweet, and I'm very, not really sweet. Not really sweet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fun, I'm excited, but I'm not a sweet person. That's just not who I am. It's okay. Yeah, I'm savory. I'm a little salty. Whatever. Um, but she's like so sweet. So we would clash because she's just like a fairy. <laughs> you know, getting ready for school. Everything like, and I would get so mad at her and I would yell at her. And God would say, I want you, I want you to clean that up now. And I'm like, well, I'll clean it up when she gets home from school. And God's like, I want you to clean that up now. So I was like, well, what, what do you want me to do? Like, you want me to just like slip a note in there? God's like, no, I want you to go to the office with a gift for her. And when they ask while you're there, you're going to tell them that you spoke inappropriately to your child and you caused pain and you want her to know now that you want to clean that up. So that happened. So everybody in the school probably knows me and that thing because that's what God had me do a lot of times. Maybe everyone else didn't know what's going on, but I had to go and stand before people who knew me and I had to say, well, I'm here because I was being a terrible mom. I need to clean it up because I love my daughter and I don't want her to go through the whole day feeling that way. That's what being repentive is. We don't just wait and be like, when I see them, hope I never see them. You know, and then we avoid that route. Or we think, well, times, it's been enough time. They forgot about it. They may have forgot about it, but their heart still remembers it. So be repentive. And the next thing is, just relearn about what it is to be fathers and mothers. You have the Bible. You guys, it's amazing. There's a lot in there. So much good stuff. You have God-inspired writers and, and speakers and teachers who have supernatural wisdom about relationships because they've asked the Lord. You know, you have classes and books. You know, you might have to go, there's some books I have read all the time, like, Picking it up, picking it up, picking it up. Sometimes I have to look at it before I go about my day. If you have to reread it till you get it, reread it till you get it. Don't be like, I'm never going to get this. Reread it till you get it. If you have to keep asking for help with the same issues, keep asking for help until that is no longer an issue. That is okay. Tell that new atmosphere is a part of your culture, and now that's normal. You know, so as we go through all of those attributes I said about parents being loving and kind and all of these things, um, I'm going to talk about those over the next few weeks. 
And I do want to say for some of you in here, you have to be both. You have to be all of them. And I know that's hard. Matt touched on that last week. But I want to remind you that if that is, if you're in that place, you have a spouse that's with you, it's not following the Lord. You know, if you um, are standing on your own, like you don't, maybe you're, you don't, haven't had a, been plugged into church long enough, you don't have spiritual moms or dads, or, and you're raising up other people. Do you know that even in that, if you have to do that, I want you to know that we've been praying for you. And we're going to continue, but God says that he is going to pick up any slack, any lack. So if you are on your own, God says you are never alone. So you may feel, he says, you're always with me. So if you don't have a dad in the picture, or you don't have a mom, or, or you don't have that, you know, really close. We have, I said to Matt, I said, sometimes in the spiritual aspect, we, feel, we felt like orphans who aged out of the system. We've had people that came and loved us for seasons, but we don't have those people that are like, I've been with you from the start to the finish. But you know what God always says to us every time? We've had a lot of people that have come in or, or different things. You know what God does? He says it doesn't matter. They made a choice for their life, but you still have us. Like Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what God's asked of them. And sometimes you think, oh, why can't I, Lord? And the Lord's like, it doesn't matter because you know what? You still, got, you still have me, which means we're still moving forward. You still have the best father in the world. So if you're feeling that right now, because I feel that heaviness in here that's like, oh, I can't do all of this. I'm on my own. You're not on your own. You have the best father. So even you may have to do more, but God's going to grace you to do that. So we're going to learn how to attract good fathers and mothers in our life, how to be good fathers um, and mothers in our life.